Good morning, everyone. My name is Pete. Great to see you all here today. And we're continuing on in our series on Hebrews, the greater series. And today's topic is the topic of perseverance. And I'm excited for this topic. I love stories of perseverance. And in fact, if you look on my bookshelf or in the old uh, tub of DVDs, you'll find a lot of stories, biographies, true stories about people who persevered, people who persevered to achieve or survive. You'd find uh, stories of explorers, uh, survivors, mountain climbers, athletes, adventurers. Some uh, favourite stories I have of people who persevered, old stories like Ernest Shackleton, the Antarctic explorer, who saved all of his expedition crew after their ship was crushed in the ice. It's, a, it's an incredible story if you ever get to read that. Uh, and then there's newer stories like Bethany Hamilton. I'm sure you've heard of her from the, the Soul Surfer movie, who through faith and perseverance made it all the way back to professional surfing after a tiger shark had eaten her arm off. Like, what an incredible, amazing story. It's so inspiring. I love stories like this because of the grit and the determination, the physical and mental toughness that has helped someone get through to their point of uh, victory. But, you know, I've also come to admire stories that are perhaps a little less spectacular, a little less likely to be made into books or films, uh, but stories that come from among us, in fact, stories of people who persevere in living out their faith. Um, and they, they still have a special audience. They have God looking on them as they live out their faith day after day. So let me tell you about some of the kinds of heroes of faithful perseverance that I admire, the, the sort of some of the categories that spring to mind of people who persevere in their faith. So let's start with the carers. These are the people who put others' needs before themselves, caring for others maybe with illness or disease or disability. These are the unsung and all too often unfunded heroes who live out their faith by making someone else's life more bearable. Inspiring stuff. And then there's the sufferers, people who struggle. There's, there's probably several people here among us who have struggles with chronic pain or disease, people just for whom daily living is hard, but they do their best with the day that God has given them and find the faith not to be defined or, or entirely limited by their affliction. Then there's the emotional endurers. There are some people who just persevere in a relationship, even when they're not fulfilled by it personally. Maybe it's husbands or wives or, or parents or children or siblings or neighbours or old mates. Some people continue to do the right thing by the other, even when they're not feeling the love themselves. They do it because they were first shown love by God and it's right to love others. Then there's the pure. I reckon young people who are living moral and godly lives, especially around the area of sexuality, are champions. 
when the culture and social values that we live in and even technology are giving them every reason not to live that way and they continue to live right, that's epic. They're honouring God and honouring their future husband or wife. Well done on that perseverance. Then there's the hard sloggers. What about the people who just work in jobs that are demanding or dirty or dangerous or just drudgery? The ones who do that faithfully because they need to provide for their loved ones. They do it day after day because they know it's the right thing to do and their work is an act of worship. And we see that in paid work and we see that in volunteers. I was up here during the week and I saw Ray Bryden just faithfully taking out the church's bins as he does all the time, that just sort of reliable, faithful service. And there's many people in our church community who in their different ways just show that perseverance in service that helps us to uh, enjoy the community that we have. Then there's the anxious. There's a lot of people who have to show a sort of social courage every day just to get out into the world, to put themselves in situations where they know they're going to feel stressed or overwhelmed. And maybe for some of us, even coming to church just takes a big determined gulp, I'm going to do this. And those people are inspiring because they get on with things because they know that living for God means overcoming the self-doubts that so easily consume us, living beyond the struggle. Uh, it's, it's great when pe- people persevere in that way. And then there's the integrous perseverers. There are people who impose disciplines on themselves to show integrity. Maybe disciplines around not giving in to addictions that they might be vulnerable to. Resisting gambling or porn or substance abuse. Or maybe they're just disciplines where people put themselves uh, in in situations or develop habits so that they're not going to cheat on their tests or their taxes or their timesheets. Maybe disciplines around avoiding gluttony or avoiding greed. Maybe disciplines around giving of time, talent or treasure. These are the faithful acts of perseverance that please God and inspire others. Now, many of those things that I've talked about are very private, very personal, and we won't know those stories. But there are other people on that list that we will get a sense of. If we're sharing life together, we will, we will get a sense of what's going on and we'll be able to encourage them and we will be better because of their example to us. So there are all sorts of ways. There's that list and there's, there's other ways as well where, where people are just living in faithful perseverance. And they're among us, right? These are the heroes of perseverance that, that I'm sure you can think of people who inspire you with their faithful perseverance. And we pray that the victory, the reward and the fulfilment uh, that you yearn for, if you're one of those perseverers, will come your way in God's good timing. So these people who persevere in the, in the practical, lived-out commitment to God and others are exactly what the book of Hebrews is encouraging us to be in the chapters that we're looking at now. These are the examples of the love and good deeds that Hebrews exhorts us to do. So let's have a look at chapter 10 now. This section, starting on verse 19, is headed, A Call to Persevere in Faith. And I just want to jump straight to a bold section there, 
that says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That's the guts of the message, okay? But if we have a look at the chapter more fully, we're going to see why we need to persevere in faith and how we're going to do it. So at the start of this section, it says, therefore. And when we read that in the Bible, we have a responsibility to see what it's there for. So what has come before? Well, let me recap. And in fact, you've been hearing this. Danny spoke on this last week. Paul mentioned it this morning. Pete mentioned it this morning. We sung about it. We jumped back into the OT. Thanks, Paul. And <laughs> um, and there's the, the history for these people of sacrificing animals to symbolize the cleansing of sins. But the writer of the Hebrews says it didn't work because they had to keep doing it year after year. And in verse 4, and by the way, if you've got your apps or Bibles there, you might want to open up to Hebrews 10. We'll just reference some parts of this here. Hebrews 10 and verse 4, the writer says, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But then he talks about Christ coming into the world and saying, Here I am, I have come to do your will. Jesus becomes a sacrifice giving up his life because he's the perfect sacrifice, the one, the only one who has entirely done the will of the Father. And Hebrews tells us this in chapter 10 and verse 10, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Now, if you're into memory verses, I reckon this is one to hang on to. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. There's, there's a truth to, to hang on to. So we come to this call to persevere in this section starting at verse 19 with the idea that blood sacrifices are no longer necessary because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice and he's fixed the problem. We were unworthy of coming into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, in the temple that we've, we've heard about today. God was in the Holy of Holies, hidden behind a curtain and inaccessible to humankind. But when Jesus died and that curtain was torn apart from top to bottom, in that moment of perfect sacrifice, there was no more barrier between God and his people. And we can come before him forgiven, saved and made perfect. And because of what Jesus did for us, we respond in faith in love, becoming living sacrifices, willingly living lives of perseverance in faith because it's our response to the God who loved us. So let's read this call to persevere. And as we do, let's think about why we're doing it. From verse 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
I was discussing this with Danny during the week. And I was making the point that our perseverance in faith is the right response to what God has done for us. And I think it's true, but Danny made the point that it's, it's more than that. Hebrews says perseverance comes from being in the presence of God. And being in the presence of God is where we're meant to be. It's where we find hope and love. And it's where we become our best. And it's what Jesus died for, so that we could be in the presence of God. And the persevering comes not out of our sheer willpower or our commitment to respond to what Christ has done, but out of the hope and love that we find in the presence of God. God just wants his kids to come home. You can imagine Danny saying that, right? That's a kind of Danny thing to say. God just wants his people in his presence. He'd probably say that from over there or over there or something. But um, <laughs> Anyway, I think he makes a good point that it's more than our, res- resp- our duty to respond to God or our determination to respond to God. It's where things are right. And just one other thought on why we should persevere in our faith. It's because it's good for us. In James chapter 1, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, we become better versions of ourselves when we respond to God and come into his presence and persevere in our faith. So be encouraged in that. If you're in the struggle of perseverance at the moment, know that God is refining you through that person, uh, through that experience, uh, so that you can be the person that he wants you to be. So we've talked about why, why we persevere in faith. Let's have a think now about the how. We'll pick up the passage again at verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. This is how to do it. Hold unswervingly to the hope, spurring one another on, meeting together, encouraging one another, In the latter part of chapter 10 of Hebrews, the writer gives his audience more practical encouragement in how to do this from the examples amongst themselves. So when I started today, I tried to give examples of how people in our community are persevering and being examples to others of us in how to live out the faith. Well, the writer of the Hebrews does something similar here and talks about people within their own community who've been an example of how to persevere in the faith. So let's have a look at a section from verse 32 where he's talking about their own lived-out examples of perseverance of faith. So from verse 32, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better 
and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Well, you can see there were particular challenges that that community had faced and that they had to endure through. But what stands out to me about that passage is they did it together. And I've just highlighted some of the text there that shows that that perseverance came about through being in that struggle together. And he concludes by saying, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So I think it acknowledges the absolute toughness of some of the life circumstances that call us to persevere through. But it gives us a hope of of the faithful promise from God. So, I think that's a practical uh, teaching for us, that how we endure in faithful living is that we do it together. Have you heard of Eliud Kipchoge? Does that name mean anything to anyone? Okay, a few people would know about this. He's a Kenyan athlete. He's the Olympic marathon champion from 2016 and 2020, among many other achievements. In 2019, Eliud Kipchoge became the first person in history to run a sub-two-hour marathon. He did it in London in one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. It was an extraordinary feat, considered impossible by many for a very long time. He ran at 2 minutes 50 per kilometre for more than 42 in a row. Like, and for any of you who know a bit about athletics or running or something, that is just mind-blowing. So how did he persevere at such a phenomenal pace over that kind of distance? Well, here's a picture of how he did it. He had a, a pace car with a laser projecting the exact path that he needed to follow so he didn't run further than necessary and stayed right on course. Well, verse 23 of this chapter tells us, let us hold unswervingly. He ran with world-class pace runners who rotated through. No one else could do the whole thing with him at that pace, but different people joined him for different sections holding that pace and he could run alongside them matching stride length, matching respiration rate and holding that pace because there were others alongside him. Verse 24 says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. There were people shielding him from wind, passing him fluids, being there for him throughout every step of that marathon. Verse 25 tells us, Do not give up meeting together. And there were crowds cheering for him, absolutely roaring as he approached the finish line. Verse 25 tells us, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is a brilliant picture of how to persevere in the Christian faith. We need the way marked out for us through good teaching but we need others around us. We're meant to meet. We're meant to be an example to encourage one another. You know, it's great that we can stream church into, into homes uh, and it's great that we've got the technology and the talent right there to be able to do it. And it suits people who need to isolate. It worked beautifully for us during lockdowns. It suits people who are unwell or housebound or travelling or shift workers. For different people at different times, it's a good thing. But really, we are meant to be 
together. So I'm going to look right down the camera today and I say, I see you there. Yep, you on the couch. When you're ready, we need you back at church because we need to encourage you to uh, love and good deeds and we need you to do that for us too. So come to church, be together, be a community, be there for one another. And if you really like wearing your pyjamas, just wear them here. Just be here. So we all need pace runners in our life. We need fans cheering us on so we will cross the finish line victorious. If we're going to persevere in our faith, we need to come into the presence of God because ultimately the presence of God is way more powerful than our own guts and determination, our own willpower. And we need to keep in the company of believers so that we might encourage them and they might encourage us. Let me finish with this verse. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Father God, through the perfect sacrifice of your Son, we are free to come into your presence. Thank you for what you've done, and we want to draw near to you where all things are made right and you help us to become our best. And Lord, help us to spur one another on. Help us to keep meeting together and helping each other to live wholeheartedly for you all the way to the finish line. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.